Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. So good to see everybody. So glad that you joined us tonight for our Hour of Power. Uh, on Wednesday evening, we want to continue tonight with uh, this that we have been uh, dealing with on uh, mainly Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings, uh, led by peace. And um, I, what the Lord is trying to get us to see in this series is how powerful peace is. And I've made the statement a couple of times, but uh, what I hope that you're seeing and what I hope that we're seeing as a body is the force of peace and the weapon of peace. Um, Because the Lord had said to me, and it's been the kind of the introductory statement to all of these messages, that peace in the life and the home of the believer is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Peace in the life and home of the believer is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in that life. And so peace then is a guard, it's a weapon, it's a force that is uh, uh, operative in the life and the home of a believer. Our job is to stay in the lane of peace, to stay in the peace flow. And uh, we've talked about that from Isaiah 55, 12, where he said, I will go out with joy and I'll be led forth with peace. The word, the phrase led forth means to be buoyed up by or to carry it along with, all right, to, to conduct from one place to another. So we understand that peace then is a flow. It's not a feeling. It's a flow. Uh, and I can have a feeling of, um, you know, turmoil. I can have um, feelings of turmoil going on around me and yet be at peace because peace is not a feeling. In the Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And we've been emphasizing this, that these are the fruit of the reborn human spirit. All right? I've, I've uh, you know, very often people will say, well, these are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. No, they are the fruit that the Holy Spirit has created in the reborn human spirit. They're the fruit of the reborn human spirit. There's a difference between the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, meaning this, that those gifts are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and they operate as he wills. These are the fruit of the reborn human spirit and they operate as we will. All right, the gifts operate as he wills because they're for the good of the entire body the fruit of the Spirit operate as we operate them. 
All right, they're there, they're available, they operate as we operate them. All right, the, the, they, they are given to us at salvation. Hallelujah. Now, they are part of the nature of God within the believer. Now, this is so important. This is going to be key in our teaching tonight. They are part of the nature of God within the believer, all right? Because the peace we have access to is God's peace. You can write these down, Colossians 1.15. It says to allow the peace of God to rule in your hearts, the peace of God, all right? In Philippians 4, 7, it says, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. So we have three different scriptures that refers to this peace within us as the peace of God, and Jesus said it was his very own peace. Now, this is important because anything that God can give, God is. All right, if God can give it, God is that thing. God is that, all right? Uh, for instance, Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Well, 1 John four sixteen says, God is love. All right, in order to give love, you have to be loved. And he says it's the love of God. So again, anything God can give us, God is that thing. All right? Now, all of the, when you look at the seven compound names of God uh, in the Old Testament, um, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide or the Lord will see and provide Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, the Lord who heals you. Uh, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Uh, Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. All right. Now, this is important because all of those seven compound names of God in the Old Testament were not only something God could do, but something that God was. All right, or we, could, we should say something that God is. So they, they, they uh, presented something God could do. But Jehovah Rapha is not the God that can heal. It's the Lord your healer. All right? There's a difference. Because it's not just something he can do, it's something that he is. If, listen, if he can heal, it's because he's the healer. Right? If he can produce righteousness, it's because he's righteous. If he can produce victory, Jehovah Nisi, it's because he is victory. Hallelujah. Well, he also called himself Jehovah Shalom. The Lord, our peace. All right? Well, if he can be our peace, it's because he is peace. 
Oh, hallelujah. So, it's something that God is. And remember that the Bible says you are a habitation of the presence of God. And so, in Judges chapter 6, we see this because where this uh, name comes from, Jehovah Shalom, he revealed himself to Gideon under this name. And um, he had appeared to Gideon, and in verse 23 of Judges chapter 6, it says, The Lord said to him, said to Gideon, Peace be unto you, fear not, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abezerites. So Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Now notice, not merely the Lord has peace. The Lord is peace. Uh, he doesn't just have it. He, he is peace. So you have to be something in order to give it. I see to be a husband to my wife, I have to be a husband. I can't be a husband if I'm not a husband. I can be a man. I can be a help, but I can't be a husband. For, for God to give peace, he, had to, he has to be peace. So in this name, God reveals himself and his word as the source of our peace. He reveals himself and his word as the source of our peace. Hallelujah. Everything that God was to his people in the Old Testament, Jesus embodied in the Gospels, and he still is through his name. Everything that God was in the Old Testament, Jesus embodied that in the Gospels, and he still is that in the earth through his name. Now, it's an oversimplification to say this, but I'm going to say it because it's important what we're teaching on. In the name of Jesus resides all the ability that was in all of the names that God used to describe himself in the Old Testament. I right, see God was one, is one. Scripture says God is one. In, in the Old Testament, of course, God was one. God is one. But he revealed himself as Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah uh, uh, Tzidkenu, all these different Jehovah Jireh. One God operating in all these different facets because in him, the Bible says, is where you find your completion. And so God revealed himself by all of these names and God could not only do all that he said he was in his name, he was all that he said he was in his name. Glory to God. And so, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, the King James 
says it this way, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All right? In him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The word Godhead is deity. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the deity bodily. So in his body dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. The Weiss Bible says, In him there is continuously and permanently at home all the fullness of absolute deity in bodily fashion. So everything that God presented himself as in the Old Testament is resident in Christ and in his name today. Everything that he presented himself as in the Old Testament is present and resident in Christ and in his name today. Hallelujah. The man they are present in is seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus. The name they are present in has been left to us. So they're present in the man and present in the name, and the name has been left to you and I. Glory. The names of God in the Old Testament represented what God had the power and authority to do for the people who would believe in him. When, when you read Exodus, when he revealed himself as their healer, he said, you know, if you'll listen to me and you'll do what I'm saying, he said, I will take sickness from the midst of you for I'm the Lord that heals you. Oh, hallelujah. And then we see that played out in the ministry of Jesus where he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, healing the sick, opening blind eyes, raising people off their beds, because everything that God was in the Old Testament as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, the Lord that heals, was resident within Jesus as he walked the earth as the Son of God. The names of God in the Old Testament represented what God had the power and authority to do for the people who would believe in him. In the name of Jesus is all the power and authority the church will ever need if we'll just believe it. If we'll just believe it. Notice in Exodus chapter 3. We're kind of taking the long way around because you need to see this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of, all, of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Now notice, He's not saying, this is what you tell him. I am that I am. He's answering Moses. He's, he's letting Moses know, look, Moses, I am that I am. And when you go to them, say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
all right? I am has sent me. I am that I am. I am the self-existent one. I am the eternal. I am the one who has always been and always will be. I am the ever-present living one. All right, that, that's all embodied in the, in the word, in the name, I am. All right, and you cannot say I am future tense or past tense. It has to be present tense. All right, I am. I am this. I am the self-existent one. I am the eternal. I am the one who's always been and always will be. And that's such a good teaching point there because, you know, very often we talk about how Jesus doesn't change and God doesn't change. Read through the Bible and find out that when he said, I am, and said, I, I, I am the one who always has been and always will be, if he always has been and always will be, he has always been what he is, and he will always be what he is. His names in the Scripture are forever describing what he was and what he is and what he forevermore will be. In Judges chapter 6, he was Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Shalom today, and he will be Jehovah Shalom tomorrow. And he's not only that in word only, he's that in that he gave that to me in the person of Jesus and gave me that peace. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Everything you need me to be is what I am. This is what this embodies. And notice, I need no help. I am. I don't need help. I am. I just need you to believe me. Right? I am self-existent. God is dependent on no one else for his existence. I've always been, I always will be, and I will always be what I've always been. Glory to God. And what has he always been? Jehovah Shalom. The Lord, our peace. So see, here's what I want you to see. So if you have the presence of God in your life, you have peace. If you don't have peace... Because of external circumstances, you have peace because you have him in your life. And under the New Covenant, under the New Testament, when man was born again, that peace, that nature of God was implanted in our spirit as the fruit of the spirit, and I have access to it whenever I desire. Because where does God dwell now? God dwells in me. And if God dwells in me, then everything God is dwells in me. So I have peace, and I should say it this way, I have the peace on the inside of me. In, in John 8, chap, chapter 8, verse 56. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is dealing here with the people of his day. And he says in verse 56, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? 
And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, there's, there's something that, that needs to be noted here. Especially in the King James Bible, it, it has the I am. The I, of course, for proper uh, uh, grammar is capitalized, but the am, A-M, is not capitalized. In the Greek, it's all capitalized because the reference here that he's making is using the eternal name of God, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Now, now listen, if he was just talking about uh, his existence, if I could say it that way, he would say, I was. Before Abraham was, I was. He, he's referring to who he is. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. He identifies him with the eternal name of God. This is vital where our peace is concerned because Jesus connects himself to the I am here. And the Bible says, we'll read it in a little bit, the Bible says Jesus is our peace. How can he be our peace? Because he is Jehovah Shalom who is peace. And when he comes into your life, when he comes into your heart, he brings that peace with him. Hallelujah. If Jesus identified himself by this name, then all that was in the Father and that eternal name was and is in Jesus. If he identified himself by that name, then everything that was in the Father and that eternal name was and is in, in Jesus. Hallelujah. In John 18, and uh, verse 5, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says, they answered him. Jesus had asked them, who are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am. The King James has the word he in italics. I am. And Judas, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he had said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. So again, Jesus uses the eternal name of God, I am. Everything the Father identified himself as in the Old Testament was in Jesus in his earthly ministry. And it's with us in his name today. Jesus is our Jehovah Shalom. This is important. And the, and the reason why it's so important is to understand that if all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus and Jesus dwells in us and we dwell in Christ, then this peace is not something I've got to reach for. It's not something that I have to work to get. It's not something that I have to, to make this, this tremendous effort. It's something that I access consistently because it's already there. The gifts of the Spirit operate as the Spirit wills. The fruit of the Spirit operate as I will. If I want to be at peace, 
I will be at peace because I have access to it. Listen, there, there's an listen. There's an illustration of this that I don't know if we've seen because we look at this, I believe, from a different standpoint. When Jesus told the disciples after they had fed the multitude, he said, let's go over to the other side. And he went back and went to sleep on the, the cushion in the back of the boat. Now, he went to sleep for a couple of different reasons. Number one, he was tired. Number two, he was at peace. He was at peace. And, and you'll remember they got out in, in, the, in the, the lake, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, the storm began to blow in. The Greek says it was a storm of hurricane proportions. Uh, the Weiss Bible says that the waves were filling the boat and it was about to sink. Now watch. And they went and they woke up Jesus. Now I don't know why they waited so long, but here's my point. They went and they woke up Jesus. And watch. They said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Now there's a couple things to see here. That is a statement of a person that's not at peace. Don't you care? We're about to perish. Now, now think about this. Who did they just wake up? Now, the obvious answer is Jesus. But according to what we've looked at, who did they just wake up? Jehovah Shalom. They just woke up the God who is peace. And the God who is peace, the moment he woke up and saw the situation, he opened his mouth, and he didn't say, I rebuke you, I cast you down. He opened his mouth and said, peace. You can only give what you are. Hallelujah. And so where did that peace come in? See, that wasn't a Jesus trick. That was the peace that he is on the inside, that was the peace, and that peace came out of his mouth. He said, "Peace, be still." The Bible says that he spoke to the to the to the waves and to the wind and said, "Peace, be still." And that peace that came out of Jesus stopped the wind, calmed the waves, and there was a great calm because the peace of God always gets the job done completely. It always brings perfect peace. Hallelujah. Peace was with them in the boat. Peace is with you every day. You just have to access it. You have to walk in it.
You have to get up every day and declare, I am going to walk in the peace of God today. I am accessing the fruit of peace in my spirit right now, and I'm going to walk in it, and I don't care what comes. I don't care what, what may arrive. I don't care what notice I may get. I don't care what may go on. I am going to stay in the peace of God because here's the thing. Here's the thing. The peace is what calmed the storm. The peace is what shut the wind down. The peace is what stop the waves. Folks, it's not a better situation that's going to turn things around for you. It's the peace of God in you that turns things around and settles the issue. Glory to God. Peace is that force. Now notice, after peace was spoken, there's no way the storm's going to keep going. Now you'll remember he looked at them and said, why were you so fearful? How is it you don't have any faith? And I've, I've heard people read different things into that. But what I keep coming back to is Jesus, having had given them authority, was saying, you could have spoken to this storm and stopped it. But what did it take? Now notice, notice, what did it take? It took somebody at peace to speak to the storm. See, your faith works best when you're at peace. When you have the peace of God, you'll operate faith more proficiently. Because you're not scattered. You're not on edge. You're not uptight. Glory to God. I've been dealing with people before, and, and, and they're believing for something, and they're just uptight, and they're addled. And the first thing I have to do to them is say, hey, 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 calm down. Let's calm down. Calm down. Let's, let's breathe. Why, well, we got to get peace. we got to get peace. When you find yourself just, just wanting to, uh, uh, and you're trying to use your face, stop, stop. Be at ease. Get at peace. Access peace. Why? Faith flows in the peace vein. Faith flows in the peace vein. Because when you're at peace, listen, it doesn't mean the circumstance is gone. It means you believe what you've seen in the Word. So if I believe what I've seen in the Word, I'm not uptight about it not happening. Because if I've seen it in the Word, that settles it. And what should that bring you? Peace. Amen. You know, most things today are paid online. And uh, they're, they're kind of paid in real time. You know, you get a notice, or, or, or most things are set up to be drafted from your bank account. But if you're as old as me or older, uh, you can remember when bills and checks for the bills would cross in the mail. And you might send a check for your whatever, your utilities or your gas bill or whatever it is. And in between the time you sent the check and the check arrived, they sent you another bill or another notice. But you know what? It didn't bother you if you knew you'd sent the check. 
right? You might call them, but you were at peace. And you know what you would say? You wouldn't go, oh, my goodness, I don't know what's happened. What in the world? You'd say, hey, I got your notice, but I sent you a check a day ago. And here's my check number. Here's the amount. This is when I sent it. And you're at peace. Why? Here, you're at peace. Why? It's been paid. It's been paid. Whatever you find in the Word of God for you has been paid for. It's been paid for. Be at peace. It's yours. It belongs to you. You see it in the Word? Don't get anxious about it. Don't get uptight about it. Glory to God. My God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory. Now take that and just be at peace. Be at peace. Why? He said he'd supply all of my need. Now, you know, there's something else to that story we told. And, and here's the thing. Did they get to the other side? They sure did. Why? Because they got into peace. If they hadn't got into peace, they wouldn't have made it to the other side. But they got into peace. Glory to God. In John 16, Jesus makes the statement, These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So I've spoken these things to you that in me you might have peace. So we are in Christ. We have peace. Where? In Christ. If I'm in Christ, I have peace. You have peace. But I'll remind you, the fruit of the Spirit operate as we will. All of them operate as we will. If you're going to have peace, you're going to operate peace. Hallelujah. I've, ha I've had people say before, well, you know, I was in a bad situation, and this supernatural peace just overwhelmed me. You, 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 you accessed it. It didn't just happen. You had to access it. You had to go with it. Notice Jesus says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have, there's going to be troubled times. There's going to be troubled events. But he said, I've spoken these things to you that you might have peace. And then he tells us why we should have peace. I have overcome the world. I've deprived the world of its ability to harm you. How much peace does that bring you that nothing that's going on in the world can harm you? Nothing. And it, do, it doesn't matter what it is. Folks, you're not helping yourself by getting all worked up about what's going on in the world. Well, you can believe this. Can you believe this guy's doing this? And can you believe this lady's doing this? And can you believe they said that? I can believe that people that don't know God say what they say. But when you start getting worked up, what are you getting worked up about? What, what, is, what, what is that saying? That you believe that what they're doing can harm you. And Jesus said, I've given you peace, and no matter what's going on in the world, be of good cheer, because I've deprived the world of its ability to harm you. 
Glory be to God. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, says this. It says, he is our peace. Now notice, whoo, glory. He is, present tense, our peace. Jehovah Shalom is with us. He is our peace. Now, that, now that's so important. He is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Presently, right now. So it bears repeating then. So a lack of adverse circumstances is not your peace. Jesus is your peace. And that peace that Jesus is operates as you access it. Oh, glory. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us that Jesus, notice, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I realize that's talking about because we've been reconciled. But still, the word peace is very evident there. We have peace. We have oneness. We have, we have, uh, uh, we have been reconciled with God through Christ. We have peace right now. We have peace right now. Now, let, let me give you one more aspect of this before we wrap this up. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. This peace comes from being spiritually minded. Right? Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The minding of the flesh is death. The minding of the spirit is life and peace. So peace comes from being spiritually minded. Hallelujah. Peace comes from making the word the final authority in your life. Peace comes by accessing that fruit of peace. Folks, when we talk about being carnally minded, very often that takes on the connotation of you know, something, some great sin and, and very sinful things. But remember that carnally minded is fleshly minded. All right? You can, you can harm your peace by just keeping your mind on things that are just carnal. You can, you can harm your peace by sitting down and just focusing your mind on the problems you may be having or the issues that you may be dealing with. Now, you, you don't want to ignore them, but here's the thing. When you become carnally minded, fleshly minded, when that becomes what you're minding, the minding of the flesh, your mind is constantly on that. 
then notice what it says. It says that is death. That brings death. But when you're spiritually minded, what is being spiritually minded? Focusing on the things of the Spirit. The things the Spirit said. The things the Spirit has produced. The Word of God that was breathed by the Spirit. What's the result? Life and peace. The most spiritually mature people I know are some of the most peaceful people I know. They're just at peace. And to say that the enemy wants to rob your peace is an understatement. Because if he gets your peace, he gets you over into turmoil. He gets you over into second-guessing. Right? Remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, when I realized that God had called me to do what he called me to do, this is my paraphrase, he said, immediately I conferred no more with flesh and blood. He became at peace with what God had asked him to do. When, when you know that God has asked you to do something or you know that God has promised you something, that is your peace. God asked, God promised, that settles it. Amen. And, and you don't want to focus on any other possibility because that robs peace. Oh, hallelujah. But he is our peace. We have peace right now, presently. And we're accessing it as we will. Oh, hallelujah. And you might have to say that to yourself. You might wake up in the middle of the night thinking about something. You go, nope, nope, I access peace right now in the name of Jesus. I access peace, and I'm going to sleep peacefully. I'm going back to sleep. Amen. Access that peace in your prayer time. When, when, when you're tempted to just really, oh, my goodness, you know, sometimes you're praying and, and there's this level of concern. You access that peace. No, um, no, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for the peace of God. Thank you for being to me what you are. You are my peace. Glory to God. And what will happen is the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because what he is, is what he gives. And he is our peace. And we have that peace in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. We'll say it out loud. I have peace. I'm at peace. I access peace right now. Over every situation and every circumstance, I receive that peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.